0: Well, what's up guys, welcome back uh, from spring break. At least we were on break. Uh, Some of y'all in the post-grad stage of life do not have a spring break anymore. And so, um, you know, welcome back to normal, I guess. So uh, we're glad you guys are here on a Tuesday night as we're kicking off a brand new series uh, on prayer. And so this is really the prayer of our staff team uh, is that through this series, that maybe if you've never prayed before, that you would begin to pray. Um, and that you would be able to have this conversation with God. Or maybe um, you're someone and you're in here and you're like, I feel stagnant. I feel stuck in my prayer life. I don't feel like um, God's really hearing me. Our prayer for this series is that you will be encouraged, that you will continue to dive into a conversation uh, with God. And so I kind of alluded to it that prayer really is a conversation with the God who created us and uh you know that that is kind of the starting point of it and i think sometimes in in not not in an incorrect manner, but prayer is approached from this emergency standpoint. And I think about it like this, where uh, if I was in, does anyone like survival shows? I love watching, um, you know, like Man vs. Wild, Dual Survival. I don't know if we have any fans in the house. I love watching these survival shows and someone makes like something that can kill a moose out of fishing line. And I love, I love watching these shows. But if that was me and I was stuck in the wilderness, I would be dead. Like you could give me the, the knife, right, with like the, the rope that comes out and I would still die, it wouldn't matter. I would need something to signal people that I was in trouble. So if, there was, if I was stuck in the wilderness, right, uh, and there was a helicopter flying over, I would use that flare gun if I had one to signal that I was in trouble. And I think that we can approach prayer like that, and that's biblical. We're supposed to pray without ceasing. We're supposed to pray at all times. And if you are in an emergency situation, we should. our first reaction should be to pray, to fire that flare gun off, that we need help from God. And I think that that's oftentimes where uh, prayer ends for us. But it's much more than that. Prayer, like I said, is really, it's a conversation that is continuing with God. And we're going to talk about that throughout this series. And tonight we are going to be talking about the posture of prayer, if you will. Maybe even, I would say, the purpose of prayer. And we're going to be doing that. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 3, the book of Ephesians tonight. We're going to be in Ephesians 3, and we're going to be in verses 14-14 through twenty one and so the book of Ephesians was really this: it was a letter written to a group of Christians of believers who lived in a place called Ephesus, all right so much like if someone wrote a letter to Springfield today to believers, picture this same thing happening, and it was written by a man named uh, Paul, he was an apostle, he was a great Christian missionary, he was like the spiritual father of the early church, and he 's encouraging these believers he 's actually challenging them and he 's a uh, and in this passage, he's actually praying for strength on behalf of these believers who are in Ephesus. And what's important is in Ephesians chapter 2, the chapter before this, Paul lays it out so clearly for these people. He tells them, hey, you were once spiritually dead. You were once spiritually dead, but now you have been made spiritually alive because of your faith in Jesus Christ, that you've went from spiritual death to spiritual life. And now Paul is really praying for this group of believers, a prayer of strength for them. And I think as we evaluate Ephesians 3, 14 through 21, we actually see that not only is it a prayer that we pray for other people, but it also models kind of the posture and the purpose That we can have in prayer. And so we're going to go ahead and read this. It's Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. It says, For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being Now, to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. And as we start to evaluate this, as so we start to break down the words of Paul, we start to see a posture for prayer develop. And immediately we see that right off the bat. What does it say in verse 14? It says, for this reason I bow my knees before the Father. What Paul is saying here is he's he's praying, he's pleading with God, and he's in a position where he's on his knees praying on behalf of other people. Why does that matter? Well, here we start to see a physical posture in prayer, but really what it is is it's a spiritual posture that you have. Now, not at all times and in all circumstances should you just get down on your knees and pray, but that very much is biblical response to do. But really, prayer starts with this humility, If we, like, it's not very common, right? Our staff team actually before this, we actually uh, pray every week before we start. And uh, we we were praying in a room and we actually all got down on our knees and we were praying. And it's kinda awkward, it's kinda weird because you're like, this isn't a natural thing. Like, you don't go up to people in public and get down on two knees and ask them a question, right? Uh, When my daughter wants a snack, she doesn't run to me, get down on two knees and say, Daddy, may I have some fruit snacks? And she definitely doesn't say, may I, either way. She just says, Daddy, fruit snacks. But That's not normal, okay? You have to go out of your way to kind of break what you're doing, to get down on your knees and to pray. And in this, we see that the posture of prayer, even if you're not physically on your knees, is one of humility that's where it starts. This is kind of a starting point for prayer is an attitude of humility, knowing that you have the ability to have a conversation with the God who created the whole universe and created you for a unique purpose. That's pretty incredible. And it should stop us and that should be a little bit of awe-inspiring. You ever notice that we have this like, innate desire built within us that we need to pray? We have this desire for a creator, something to communicate. Prayer starts with a posture of humility, and Paul lays this out as he's praying for these believers. This is kind of a starting point for him. But really in our lives, when we're busy, when we have so many different things going on, you know what I would challenge you to do? Maybe you've never even prayed before. What if you would just stop in your dorm room, in your apartment, in your house, with your roommates, you would just pause, get down on your knees, and that breaks up the routine of life. It forces you to consider what am I doing here? Like, what, what is my purpose in this day? And I'm just telling you, if you start your day that way, it changes things for you. We see that this is a star, verse 14. Verse 15 says, from whom every family on heaven and earth is named. And in 16, we get to the heart of this, what I think is so inspiring. It says, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. That God, like in prayer, you literally have the opportunity. We already talked about Paul is writing to a group of people who have put their faith in Jesus Christ. And what the Bible promises us, what Jesus promised us is that when he left earth, he would send us a helper in the Holy Spirit that would actually dwell inside of us and live inside of us. And what does it do? It helps, it teaches. it guides, it directs our lives that this Holy Spirit that is inside of us, it actually has the ability to strengthen us in our inner being. That's incredible. I don't know about you, but I need that. I need to be strengthened within my inner being. Like I I need that help, that support. There's things that I can't overcome on my own. I'll give you a couple of examples. Uh, Last Thursday, y'all ever wake up cranky? Anybody? You just wake up, you're mad for no reason. I'm there with, I mean, I don't know if you can relate or not, but last Thursday, I just remember it so clearly. I woke up and I was just cranky. I was mad about things and I was dwelling on things that didn't even matter. You know why I don't know that they didn't matter? I couldn't even remember what it is. But I was upset about something and I'm in there and I'm, I'm in my journal and I'm like writing prayers and I'm kind of grumpy and stuff and I just felt this conviction. Like, what are you doing? But that's my sinful tendency. That's my sinful nature. That's the fleshly desires within me. Is not to drift towards Christ, but I actually drift away from Him because of my sin nature. Pastor Eddie talked about this on Sunday as we talked about spiritual disciplines. That you don't just drift into righteousness on accident. It doesn't happen. Like you, you, that doesn't just happen by accident. It takes you leaning into God, and it's not done through your own strength, because guess what? I've tried a lot of different things in my life to just grit my teeth, and to get better, and improve myself, but you know what? You go to Barnes and Noble, and that self-help section, it's gonna fall short. It might might fulfill you for a little bit, but it's not gonna continue to. What you need is something beyond self-help. What you need is something beyond yourself. And as I sit there and as as I was reading through Ephesians 3, my heart started to reorient to the things of God. I started to have an eternal perspective. I started to actually pray through my frustrations. And suddenly I see that God gives me this strength to actually change things inside of my heart. I needed that strength that day. I need that strength every single day. We need strength in just our daily lives. When else do we need it? When else do we need to be strengthened within our inner beings, right? When else do we need help? Is it sometimes in life, and you know this, you're gonna walk through stuff that you can't handle on your own. It's just a fact of life. Man, when I look at some of the things that people right here, as I see your faces, as I look out into this crowd, I know some of the stuff y'all have walked through. And I don't have to know every single person in here to know some of the stuff that our culture walks through. My time as an elementary PE teacher, I saw the things that families went through and kids went through, the heartache, the pain, the struggle, sickness, illness, disease, sin. And it's heavy. Can I tell you in some of the heaviest times in my life, what I needed was so much I needed God to just strengthen me, to just get out of bed, to just make it through the day, to just go and be and do. And sometimes you're at that point, when you're going through something difficult, you need God to just provide you the strength to even get through it. And that's what prayer does, it starts to reorient our hearts. We need that in our lives in order to have the strength to overcome some of the trials that we face. Because I don't want to waste a trial. If I'm in it, I want God to grow me through it. And that's what prayer allows me to see, is how God can use me in the midst of my trial. Some of you are at a job that you hate and you see no way out of it. Some of you uh, are just dreading it because you picked the wrong major and you've got to make it through whatever it may be and you see this trial. But God can give you joy in it and that's what prayer does is it reorients our heart. And it reshapes and it makes things that are really hard, that are difficult. Maybe you're struggling with it. And it helps us to overcome those things and to have victory over them. But it's not through our own effort. It's through God strengthening us within our inner being, through the power of the Holy Spirit. And moving on, it says uh, in verse 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love. So verse 17, it says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. What does it mean to, to dwell, right? Like Paul's writing to believers, people who have already put their trust in Jesus, but what does he mean here? To dwell. To dwell means to, to stay, to remain, to continue to be in, to be present. That's what it means to dwell. I 'll paint it to you like this. Uh, I have a group of guys that uh, come over uh, every Tuesday morning each week, and we work out in like my garage gym all right that 's really cool, right? Um, we, we, we do this thing and it 's fun and we 're all out of shape, and uh, we should be in better shape. but uh, we, we do this thing where we work out, they come, they get to come in my garage, and it 's like fun because they get to come over uh, but Every once in a while, like one of them will snag a drink out of the kitchen and like, that's cool, you know what I'm saying? I've invited them over, like I'm good if they go and like snag something out of the fridge, maybe they fill their water up. But what I'm not cool with is if I walked in and they're going through my closet, Okay, they don't live there. They don't live in my house. They can't dwell there. If they were in my closet or they're maybe reorganizing my pantry, which maybe it needs reorganization. I'm not calling out anybody, but it's a, it's a little messy. You got some old cereal boxes in there. Uh, I'm not saying that it doesn't need reorganization. I'm not saying like they can have, they don't live there. They don't dwell there. They're not permanently there. So they don't have access to anything. If they're up in my attic, that doesn't make sense because they don't live there. But my wife, on the other hand, She does live there. She She has access to all those things. I live there so I can go in the closets. I can do those things. I can open up the medicine cabinet and the junk drawer. Like, you know, you guys had a junk drawer growing up, right? And, And you can't get the thing open. Sometimes it gets too messy. You guys didn't have a junk drawer? Okay. I got a junk drawer in my house and I grew up with one as well. So carrying on the tradition. But my thing is, is you get to have, like when I live there and I dwell there, I have access to everything. When... Jesus dwells in our hearts. He should have access to every single part of our lives. He can go in the closet. He can go in the attic. He needs to have access to all the different places and you need to give him access to those places. Let me tell you an example of a time where I wasn't wanting to give God access to everything. I had a junk drawer, if you will, going on. And it was in terms of our finances for my family. My wife, see, my wife is actually a resident here at High Street. And uh, she wanted to stay home from from school. She was a teacher and she felt called to stay home, but she also felt called to do something. And in my mind, I could not rationalize how we could go from two incomes to one income. It didn't make sense to me. And so in my mind, like as I'm I'm just thinking about it, I don't think we can do it. We got health insurance, benefits, retirement. We got to think about all these things. You have vision insurance. We have two kids. How are we going to pay for all that different stuff? And I did not want to give access to God to speak into that situation. But I remember where I was in my house as we continued to pray through it and process through what that would look like. And I remember the Holy Spirit prompting me, prompting us like, hey, Emma needs to do this program. And I remember it was just like, like just this peace came over, it's like, we're gonna do it. And my wife has grown so much through doing this resident. It's been so awesome to see. It's been a blessing in our lives. And I was so scared to do that financially, to step out in that way because I was in control of my finances. Like God, you can be in the house, but you can't go to that closet. You don't have access to that. And I had to turn over and give, that, give access to God in that way. And you know what did that? That was prayer, giving God access to that part of my life. And it's been incredible to see. Um, you know, we made a commitment early on in this, this process of, of going from two incomes to one. We, were, we made a goal where like, God, we don't, we don't want to give any less. We don't wanna cut down on our tithe, we don't wanna cut down on our offerings, we don't wanna cut down on our giving, and I was so scared to do that. And I don't say this in terms of like pumping up, I've been scared, like I'm not pumping myself up in what we're doing, I'm pumping God up. Because we, we continue to give at the same rate as when we had two incomes. And I don't know how, it doesn't make sense, but God has continued to provide for my family. When I look at my bank account, it doesn't make sense, right? And that's not prosperity gospel. I'm just saying that God has provided and continued to provide through that. And that only happens, I've only grown in that area of faith. We've only grown in that area of faith because we gave God access to that part of our lives. And it came through praying over it and praying through it that God strengthened us to see things from a different perspective. And the same thing can happen in your life. So, what is the area? Is it finances? Is it your boyfriend? Is it your girlfriend? What is that area that you've given God access? Is it your career, where you're gonna live, what you're gonna do? What have you not given God access to? When you start to pray through those things, God begins to change your heart. And in 17, it says that you would being rooted and grounded in love, that as we rely on the Holy Spirit to strengthen us in our inner being, that it actually roots us, it grounds us in love, it allows Christ to dwell in our lives. Why? So that we may have strength, to comprehend, verse 18, may you have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. And there lies the purpose in prayer, the posture in prayer. It's not just what we can get out of it. It's not just a flare gun mentality, but it's actually the purpose of prayer is that we would be filled with the fullness of God, that as we come to him, he actually fills us up and he changes us and he makes us new and he gives us new life. As we abide in him, he produces fruit in our lives. That's what the purpose of prayer is, is that we would be filled with the fullness of God. What's the opposite of being full? It's being empty. There's some of you in here tonight, and I know this because I get there too. And honestly, in leading up to this, this is kind of where I was at. I was feeling like empty, like God, okay, I'm not growing. Feeling kind of at a deficit here. And as I just began to pray more, God began to fill me up. He began to reveal new things to me in my life, sin that I needed to deal with, things that I've been struggling with. And he begins to fill you up with the fullness of himself to make you more like Christ. And then I can tell you, if you're in here tonight and you feel empty, feel overwhelmed, you feel drained, you feel tired, the first thing I would ask you is, do you even have a relationship with Jesus? Because that's the starting point. And then I would ask you, are you continuing to dwell in him? Are you allowing him to dwell in your heart so that you could be filled with the fullness of God. That's way better than running on empty. And my heart breaks for people that you see out and about in this world, in this life, that they're just running on empty and there's so much looking for some hope to be full and they don't know that it comes through God and through Christ alone. That's the place where it comes from. There's something really interesting here in verse 18. Um, it says "May you have the, that you may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints, okay, we don't use that word a lot in our culture unless we're talking about the New Orleans Saints football team, who are looking for a quarterback, by the way, if you're interested in trying out. That we may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth. What, we're get, what, what Paul is getting at here is that as a believer, you're not doing life alone, that you are with other believers, and that he's praying, hey, as you're with other believers, that you would begin to comprehend the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth of God. Did you know that community actually strengthens your prayer life? That's why you can't be a Christian and just not go to church. You're not made to do it alone. You can't continue to grow in isolation. You need to be around other people that with other, like that's why this community exists, that when we gather, God is present with us. When we pray with other people, when we bear one another's burdens, when we're able to confess sin to one another, it actually strengthens us and grows us. Your prayers are gonna be stronger when you're rooted in community because you begin to see God in a new light, in a new way. I learn so much from other people who have faith. I learn so much from other believers as I see them It strengthens me, it grows me. As my friends, uh, as Jared and, and Tyler, who you saw up here singing, as they're adopting, and like I see their faith to just step out and to do what God has called them to do, that encourages me to pray differently, to pray bigger prayers, to be bold in my faith. You cannot expect to just keep growing in Christ and to have this awesome prayer life if you're just in isolation. You're made to do life with other people and in community, your prayers that will have strength. As we look at verse 20, I love this. This is what separates, I mean, prayer is so incredible. This is what separates it from just like being a self-help thing. It says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us, that as a believer, God actually can do more through you than you could ever think or you could ever imagine. When I think back about who I was at 18, angry, upset, how bad of a husband I was when I first got married, how I've learned so much about um, being a father after my daughter was born, when I see the way that I've grown, I think there's no way I could have never pictured that 10 years ago. But God has done more through me than I ever thought possible. And it's through his power. It's not through me. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit working within my life. And can I tell you that he wants to do the same thing in you? You don't even know over the next decade, if you continue to abide in Christ, the fruit that will be produced in your life. You might not even be able to see it, but it will happen. How do we know that? Because God's word says so, that if we abide in him, it will produce fruit as you continue to pray and you continue to attack your sin in your life and ask God to help you, you will grow in ways that you never thought possible. And some of you like, listen, we're called to be on mission. We're called to be on mission. And as I look out and part of my role here of, of leading this community and being part of this community, I look out at a group like this and I'm so amazed that hundreds of young adults would gather on a Tuesday night That was a dream four years ago. Some people have been here and been part of this ministry for that long. We were gathering with a, I remember gathering with a group of people in a Sunday school classroom with four people. I remember having 30 people and thinking to myself at a gathering, this is all this is ever gonna be. I had a dream that this would happen, that we would walk in here on a Tuesday night and there would be relationships happening, that people would be finding community, that people would be in groups throughout the week and and that people would be growing and we'd be equipping and training people to go and share the gospel and share their faith. And it all just seemed like a dream until it wasn't. And you know why? Because God worked more abundantly than I could have ever imagined. I never thought this would happen. I dreamed it, but I didn't even have the faith that it would happen. I needed to borrow that from other people. And God has continued to show up. You have a place to sit here tonight because God has continued to do far more than we ask and that we think. You're on mission too. It doesn't stop, you get saved and it's like, cool, I'm good. God has a mission for you. I don't know what he wants to accomplish through you in your workplace, in your ministry, in your family. I have no idea, but I can tell you this he doesn't want to do something with you and it's going to be man it, it's far more abundantly than we could even ask or that we could even think not according to our own effort but according to the power of the holy spirit working within us i love this poem from john newton it says this it says thou art coming to a king large petitions with thee bring for his grace and power are such none can ever ask too much. Read that one more time for you, sit on that. Thou art coming to a king, large petitions with thee bring, for his grace and power are such, none can ever ask too much. What do you need to ask God for tonight? How do you need to ask him to grow in your own life? What were, you know, this is a prayer for other people. Who do you need to pray for that it seems so helpless and hopeless that they would ever come to know Jesus, that they would ever have a relationship with him? He is able to do far more abundantly than we could ask, than we could think, than we could imagine. What situation do you pray for? What need do you see that needs to be met? God can use you. We gotta go and we've gotta ask. that as we, in humility, come into God's presence with a posture of humility, right? He actually strengthens us through the power of his Holy Spirit in our inner being, that Christ may dwell in us and have access to all parts of our life so that we could understand the breadth, the length, the height, the depth of God's love and that we would be filled with the fullness of God He's able to do far more than what we ask and than what we think. And I mentioned it already, but in Ephesians chapter two, this is verses one through five, this is what it says. Paul said, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work within the sons of disobedience, among whom all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and they were by nature nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. There's no middle ground. There's spiritual death and there's spiritual life. And the way to life is only through faith in Jesus Christ. And just like prayer starts with a posture of humility, so does a relationship with Jesus, recognizing that you can't overcome your own sin on your own, that you need the help of a savior. And that's what Jesus did. He came on a cross as a payment for your sins. Fully man, fully God, lived a perfect life, was crucified on a cross, buried in a tomb, but three days later rose victorious over death and the grave. And scripture tells us that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's what it is. It's that simple. It's that easy. And you can start that relationship tonight. And God will begin to strengthen you through the power of his Holy Spirit in your inner being. I'm ask y'all to bow your heads with me.